Sunday night I didn't preach, but I, I mentioned the verse out of Proverbs, and I don't want you to go to Proverbs yet, but I want you to go to Jeremiah. And Proverbs 4.23 says that out of the heart springs the issues of life. Amen? It's a good verse. So everything that comes out of our hearts uh, springs the issues of life, meaning if I guard my heart and take care of my heart, everything else is going to be fine. Amen? So there it is. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Amen? That's a good verse to, to memorize. Keep your heart. So when it says keep your heart, we talked about this a little bit Sunday. You have to guard your heart. Your heart is your, your soul. Amen? It's who you are spiritually. And I want to talk a little bit about tonight, kind of piggybacking off of what I've been talking about, about being obedient to the Lord and uh, keeping your heart right with God so that you can continue to walk in the, in the blessings of God and in the will of God and not walk out of the will of God. Amen. I know there's no one in here tonight that doesn't want to be in the will of God. And the way you stay in the will of God is by keeping your heart. Amen. So I want to show you a story. How many were here Sunday morning when we talked about Solomon? Amen. Did that bless you to just to just kind of look at that? I didn't, I didn't talk about it to talk about the negativity of the fact that he was not in good standing with God. But uh, I think it was first or second Corinthians chapter two mentioned that the old Testament was for our admonition and for our examples to learn from them. So I want to show you another story tonight out of Deuteronomy or sorry, out of, uh, we're going to go to Exodus in a second, but look at Deuteronomy, sorry, Jeremiah, I'm all over the place. Jeremiah chapter 17. And I want to read a verse here that's interesting because we just read that verse, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So it's talking about our heart. Now watch what happens. Watch why it's so important to keep our heart. We're going to look at Jeremiah 17. Give me an amen if you're there. And let's read a few verses. In verse 5 it says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Now that doesn't mean you can't trust in a godly person. That's not what he, that's what that's saying. It's saying who puts their faith and their trust in ability. Okay? And, and, and makes flesh their strength. I mean, I can do this by myself. I don't need God. Whenever you're in that place, you're in trouble. Whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. That doesn't sound like too much fun. Blessed, though, is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Amen. That's some good stuff. Why? For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease, nor will cease from yielding fruit. How many want a life like that? Fruit, blessings, provision, hope, joy, not dryness, not problems. Amen? But watch this. Here's the problem. Here's why we have to keep our heart with all diligence. Because Jeremiah 17.9 says something very important. He says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Isn't that an interesting verse? The heart is deceitful. So here we have, just like we know, the battle between what God wants our heart to be and what we want our heart to be and what the enemy wants our heart to be and what our flesh wants to do. So God says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the springs of life or the issues of life. But then Jeremiah says, be careful because your heart's wicked. So this is something we got to work on. 
This is something we got to be careful with. That's a crazy verse. The heart is deceitful, and it says above all things. That means to me it's the most deceitful thing in our lives, our heart. Meaning our heart can trick us. If, if we get our heart out of a place of guarding it, then, then the, wor- and the word is not the key. Because if you go back to verse uh, uh, seven, five, uh, sorry, 8, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the waters. Someone who's planted by the, li- by the waters is someone whose heart is connected to the word of God in obedience. Okay, So it says the heart is deceitful above all things. And this is crazy, desperately wicked. Amen? That's pretty strong. Our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. And it says, uh, who can know it? Now, the answer is God. And the answer is God. And the answer is, again, is God can know it. And so I need to connect with God and I need to connect my heart with his word to be able to be walking in the way that I'm not walking with a deceitful heart. In a way that I can guard my heart with, see that word diligence? How many know that's a word that requires work? Diligence is something that you work on. Diligence is something that you take serious. And so our walk with God is a serious walk. Amen? And it's a diligent walk. And, and, and I know that our ultimate goal, every single one of us, is someday to be standing before God and hear the simplest words ever said, but the most powerful, enter in good and faithful servants. Right? That should be every single one of our goals tonight, regardless of our personal, uh, family, or marital, or financial, or career goals on this earth. The number one should be that we would hear those words, enter in, good and faithful servant. If you don't have that as a goal, you're lost. That should be number one. So if we want to hear those words, we've got to be diligent. We've got to keep our heart because out of it flow the springs of life. And then look at the next one. This is important. Verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. This is some awesome verses. I, the Lord, search the heart and I test the mind. Okay, so he, he's watching how we react to things. He's watching how we deal with situations. He's, he's weighing out how we do by how our heart is and he's looking at it and he's testing us and sometimes he's pricking us and sometimes he's asking us to do things sometimes and actually many times simply and purely out of obedience. I don't think there's anything outside of worship because the Bible says we were created to worship God. I don't think there's anything more important to God than our obedience. I mean, it's the number one thing. Obviously, he wants everybody to be saved. But after, after we're saved, the one thing he wants, more than anything besides worship, is that we would obey him. That we would be obedient to his word. That we would walk and listen and pay attention. And I, and I relate that a lot of times to parents. Parents, what do you want from your kids? You want them to obey you. You just want them to be in, in, in obedience to what the rules of the house are. That makes a parent happy. God's the same way. So he says, I test the heart and I search the heart. And listen, and I give every man according to his ways. I give every man according to his ways. Don't forget, regardless of what anybody's done to you, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you're facing, at the end of the day, you're making a bed, you're going to lay in it. Can't say that enough. 
We come together corporately in church. We work together as a fellowship of churches. We work together as family here. Iron sharpens iron and all the things that need to be said. But the, at the end of the day, I cannot stress it enough. We're all going to be laying in a bed that we made at the end of our lives. And nobody else made it for us. It's our bed. And I want to be laying in a bed of roses, not a bed of thorns. Amen. How many want to be laying not on thorns? Amen. Maybe you're allergic to roses, so roses isn't your choice, but you know what I'm saying. So it's according to the what? According to the what? Verse 10. The fruit of his doings. Okay? So, so God, now that we're saved, now we have accountability to God. And now we have to be credible to God. And now we have to be good stewards to God in every area of our life in our prayer life, in the reading of the word, in our finances, in our winning souls, in all the areas that I'm not trying to go into all those things, but we have to be uh, accountable to God for those things because he says we will be rewarded by the fruit of our doings, okay? So how many see tonight that it's important to guard your heart? And the reason it's important to guard our heart is because it's wicked. It's bad. It's deceitful. And how many have heard the saying before, I'm going with my heart on this? Ever heard somebody say that? I just feel in my heart. Now, outside of, if that's in God and the Holy Spirit is speaking, then that, that, that's great. But if it's outside of God, or if it's outside of the will of God, or it's outside of the word of God, if you're following your heart, what has Jeremiah said you're doing? You're going on a bad path. So think about a world without Jesus. Why is this world so messed up? Because the world is chasing a heart and following the, the thoughts and intentions of a heart that is deceitful and wickedly deceitful, it says, desperately deceitful and bad news. So I realize I've got to get a heart that's God's. I've got to guard it with diligence and I've got to obey what the Lord is saying to me so I can hear those words enter in good and faithful servant. Y'all with me so far? Now, let me show you an example of listening. Let's go to the book of Exodus. This is going to be real sim similar to what we talked about Sunday with Solomon. If you didn't get that message or you're in Sunday school or nursery, I'd advise or recommend you go listen to it on the podcast and, and go back and take notes on it because it was very interesting. There was a lot of stuff there that showed how um, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, yet at the same time, now we could say really the dumbest man who ever lived. Because he didn't obey God. He didn't end up saved. We don't see anywhere in the scriptures that Solomon ended up saved. And I want to say again tonight what I said Sunday morning. And I'll say it until Jesus comes back. It don't matter what you've done till today if you don't finish the race. If you don't finish the race, nothing you've done for the Lord matters. You've got to be finishers. Okay? And so we take that into consideration this month as we finish the year. To make big goals, you've got to make little goals. So we got to finish the year of December strong. We don't get into a place of complacency and laziness. We don't let ourselves go in our, in our spirit, in our prayers, in our reading of the word because we're getting to the end of the year. And then we say, well, I'll start back in January. I'll start reading the Bible again. I'll start going to church again in January. I'll start being faithful again in January. I'll start and we start putting things off. That's not good. End good. Amen. We'll talk in January about goals. We'll talk in January about what we're going to do for 2016. But end this year good or you're not going to have a year to start. Amen. Amen? And if, you, if you've done 50 years before this year and don't end, it means nothing. Okay? Solomon's our greatest example of that. 
So we see here Moses, another great man of God. Okay? Now Moses is different because Solomon's not mentioned in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. He's not mentioned in the faith chapter. We saw Sunday morning that Solomon ended his life, and where did he end it? In deceit. He ended it following the gods of his wives. We talked about the fact that he wasn't, okay, it, wasn't it wasn't the fact that uh, he, he, just, he just got lazy. He got, he got dumb because he started disobeying the word of God and began to have more than one wife. And it ended up turning into 700 wives. He was only supposed, he, and then he had horses when he wasn't supposed to have more than one horse. And, and gold and all these things multiplied. And you'll have to listen to the message. But the idea is that the last verse we read on Solomon says that he was deceived and followed the gods of his wives. And that's all we hear. We don't ever see uh, he came back to the Lord or he repented or anything. That's the last we hear of Solomon. And he's not mentioned again in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, which is the faith chapter. But Moses is. But Moses had some problems with obedience too. And this is what I want to show you tonight in 17 verse 6, if you'll look there. God begins to give an instruction to Moses. And this is powerful because you might say, well, I'm not Moses. I'm not Sarah. I'm not Abraham. I, I, I'm not Haggai. I'm not, I'm not one of those big superheroes of the Bible. No, you're not. No, we're not. No, I'm not. But we're Christians. We're children of God. And every single one of us is going to stand before God just like Moses and Abraham and Sarah. Amen? You know we're going to be in the same place? We'll stand before God just like them. So we have to learn to listen to the voice of God when it's not popular. Listen to the voice of God when it's not what everybody else is doing. Listen to the voice of God personally for our lives of what God tells us to do individually because he tells him right here we know that Moses was leading the people and he says in verse 6 behold I will stand before you and I want you to go there on he says I'll stand before you on the rock in Horeb and listen to this he says you shall strike the rock how many know this story he says strike the rock so God said to take his his um what's the word staff Staff or rod, take your rod, and he had used it many times before. We know the story. You've seen the movies of how he would use the rod, he would use the staff, and he would, God would use that thing along with Aaron speaking for him, and he would do miracles, especially with getting his people out of Egypt. So he says, take that same rod. Now, I, wanna, I want you to write something down if you're taking notes. Real big. Be careful with getting comfortable. Okay? Be careful with getting comfortable. That's really important to write down. And here's another thought. Be careful with um, doing the same thing all the time. Be careful with getting in a rut. Because Moses in this story that we're going to read tonight got in a rut. And the problem is, is in God, a lot of times we don't see on this earth what the consequences of a rut does. But we will see it in heaven. And there are going to be casualties. We know, and let me just remind you to go back as we're, as we're holding here. I'm just getting a thought. When you think about uh, 2 Corinthians 5, when it talks about the, the, the things being tried, gold, our gold and silver being tried, wood, hay, and stubble. And you know that it mentions there that some people are going to get into heaven by the hair of their, of their, of their, of their chinny, chin, chin. Okay? They're going to slide in safe at home. They're not going to do a home run. They're not going to run around the bases. They're not going to, it's not going to be triumphant. They're just going to get there. And some people are okay with that. I'm not. Amen. I don't want to just get there. Amen. I want to be an overcomer for God. I want to do something awesome for God. Amen. I want to, I want to be a victorious Christian. I want to make a difference. Amen. And if you don't feel that way, I hope you change because we serve a victorious God. 
And so we see that story where it says some will just get in and escape fire. Meaning they'll be saved, but there'll be no reward. Okay, we don't want that. So we need to learn to, to obey. So he says, you shall strike. Now I want you to remember that word, strike. He says, you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. Okay, so it's a simple thing. Go, strike the rock. How many know that's not, that's not, that's elementary. There's a rock, strike it with your rod, and when you do, water's going to come out, and you're going you're to give water to drink to everybody. I'm going to do a little miracle here, okay? And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So check for Moses. Good job, Moses. We do that a lot in our lives. We, we do good. We do good things. We do right. But the problem is, is if we begin to get complacent and in a rut, is we get kind of going through the motions about things, and we can miss out or make a mistake on something really big. Okay, now I'm not talking necessarily tonight about a salvation issue or backsliding. I'm talking about missing out on what God wants you to do and, 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 and not fulfilling the full destiny and the full promise God has for your life. Okay, so everybody saw here in this story, strike the rock with, with the staff, water will come out, right? They got to drink, and it says Moses did as he said. Now, go over with me to the book of Exodus, sorry, Numbers, and watch this. This is very interesting. This is where you have to be very careful to not get in a rut and get uh, used to how God moves. Because God, sometimes, have you ever gotten frustrated with God? You ever gotten frustrated because it seemed like he's answering your prayers? Or he, he didn't show up this service like he did last service? Or whatever. I'm, I'm not going to go off on that. But we get frustrated with God. You know why? Because God likes to move around. God likes to change things up. God likes to make sure we don't get in a rut. When we start to get in a rut, he says, I'm going to let you stay in that rut, but you're going to be miserable. Hey, I like to mess things up. I like to change things up. Why? Because it goes back to Jeremiah 17. What does it say? I test the heart. Right? I test the heart. Those are God's words. I test the heart. I want to know where your heart is. Is that okay? He's God. I mentioned this, I think, last Wednesday or Sunday. That verse is so powerful in Psalms 115, right? He says, I'm God. I do what I want. So you can sit there tonight and say, you know what, I don't like when God tests me. He'd say, too bad. I didn't ask you if you like to be tested. I didn't ask you if you wanted to go to heaven uh, or if you wanted to live forever. I just asked you where you want to spend it. Amen? I didn't, I didn't ask you those things. And we've got to get to a place of remembrance and love to God. He's God. Amen. And we're not. Amen. And he makes the rules. I don't like the speed limit of 45. Well, you're not the, you're not the person who makes the laws. So you either abide by it or you're going to get a ticket, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that we can argue and not be in agreement with. But listen, don't argue with God. Get to a place in your life of absolute yes, sir. Absolute yes, sir. I do as you say because you are God, period. Amen? So watch what happens here. Verse, chapter 20, verse 7. Very similar thing, similar story. So where you could get into a rut, where you could do the same thing again. Moses, this is verse 6 actually. Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of the meeting. And they fell on their faces because everybody was grumbling. That was a common thing back then. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them, verse 7. And the Lord spoke to Moses and said, watch this. Take the rod. Now don't read anymore. Don't read anymore. Take the rod. Sounds familiar, right? Take the rod. Okay. So Moses has heard that before. 
Moses has used that thing before. And he could automatically just pick that rod up and begin to think, I know what God's going to tell me to do. God's going to tell me to strike that rock again. I know what he's going to do. And begin to guess God and begin to play God and begin to be arrogant and, see, and follow that line of that deceitful heart. Okay? Get the rod. Watch. You and your brother, Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give them drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, doing good. And he said to them, hear now, you rebels. I don't remember God saying to say that. And he said, hear now, you rebels. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? That's arrogance. God hates pride. Yes, hates. I said hate. It's in the Bible. He hates pride. The best thing we can do as believers is humble ourselves. Humble ourselves because God hates pride. You will find yourself in more trouble. And when you find yourself in trouble, if you'll, if you'll be a listener and able to learn what it is, you'll find out pride got you there. When you get in trouble, pride got you there. Okay? Y'all following this story? I'm not, try, I'm not trying to break it down to, I'm trying to break it down so you can see what's happening. He's in a place of familiarity. God's told me this before. I've gotten the rod before. I've struck the rock before. And now, instead of him humbly saying, man, God's going to use me again. What a privilege that God is going to use me again. He begins to say, okay, you rebels, you, do I need to bring water out of this? And he, whenever you say, do I? Remember that that goes back to Isaiah when Satan said, I. Right? I is not good. I is not good. There's no I in team. Amen. Unless you're saying I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Now, as you're holding that Bible, I'm going to pause here for a second. How many got your Bible? Let me, let me just, just hold it in your hand. Just, just, right, just hold it for a second. And I, want you, I just I saw something today that bothered me in a, in, a, in, a, in a good way. And thank God for what Robert said at the, at the prayer time. We have to be thankful. Someone else might have saw this. You're holding this Bible in your hand. What a blessing. What an honor to hold this thing and to have a hand to hold it. I read today that in Saudi Arabia, if they catch you reading the Bible, anybody else see that? If they catch you reading this Bible, they take you and they tie you up and they shred your hand. I'm sorry to be graphic. They shred your hand for reading the Bible. Oh, that's amazing. Did you? And we, we are so spoiled in this country. Because we, and I'm not saying this to be mean, but you, you've got to always, as a believer, you've got to always be bringing things back into perspective. Whenever you get something in your crawl and you begin to, just get negative or you begin to get whiny or you begin to get whatever, stop it. Stop it and think about people in Saudi Arabia who are reading the Bible and get and literally they shred your hand. It's set into 40 to 50 pieces and sever all the nerves in your hand so you can never use your hand again. My God. That's, that right there should rock you to your core. 
and make you slap yourself and say, stop being such a spoiled brat Christian. Really, church, I'm I'm just interjecting this because I saw it today. People are having their hands shredded for something we get to hold tonight with with pure 100% liberty to read this thing and hold it in our hand tonight. Amen? What a miracle. And, and, and that man, I, I don't know what else to say, except God, God is so good. Don't let yourself get to that place. Don't let yourself get this month to that place of, oh, I don't have enough money for gifts. Or, oh, I don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Thank God for the things you have. Look at your hand and thank God it's one, in one piece. And you can read this whenever you want. Amen? So he says here, what was the verse we left off? I'm closing. So Moses took the rod, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. He said, here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Now watch this. Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and said, And Aaron said, because, watch this, because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. We never know. This is why we have to take the things of God serious. Because we never know how serious the situation we're in at that moment is for the things of God. We cannot get in a place of comfort and a rut as Christians where we just kind of go through the motions and we just do things because we know we're supposed to do them because that's what Moses did. And because he did that, it did not keep him from heaven, but it kept him from the promised land. He did all that stuff to lead the Israelites out and did not get to go in because he became prideful and disobedient. Now, how many know from reading that story, he did everything right except one thing. And I believe that God is is looking for complete obedience. We can't be people that say, well, I'll obey you here and I'll obey you there and I'll do this there and I'll do this here. But that thing I'm not going to do. God doesn't want 80% or 90% or 95%. He wants everything. Amen? Now, God's not looking to strike us down. He's not looking to hurt us. He didn't set Moses up to fail. He didn't do that so Moses, he didn't go, I don't want Moses to go into the promised land. I'm going to set him up so he doesn't go. No, he wanted to test his heart because that's what Jeremiah says he does. And again, you can sit here tonight and say, man, God's so mean. No, God is God. He's not mean. He's a God of love. And, and when he tests you, know he loves you. Amen? When he tests you, know that he loves you. He says, go, and what did he tell him to do this time? Somebody shouted out. What did he tell him to do this time? Speak to the rock. He, he didn't say hit the rock. He said, speak to the rock. And Moses gathered the people. They went together. They did everything. They went to the rock but this time he wasn't supposed to use the rod. And so I know that this is a a kind of a deep story, but it's a simple example 
that we have to guard our heart with all diligence. Because out of the heart, everything comes. Okay? Everything. Jesus actually said, nothing that goes into your body can harm you or is sin. It is what comes out of the heart that is sinful. Why? Because Jeremiah says this thing is wickedly, deceitful, and, and desperately bad, and it's got problems, and you've got to keep it right. Amen? So tonight, in every area that God speaks to you, you need to, you need to say, God, help me. And God, listen, again, God is not looking to fail, to fail us. He's not a teacher who's trying to give us an F. But he wants us to pass but he says, listen to what I say. And remember that obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? Obedience is better than sacrifice. All of us one day will stand before God and answer to all the things he's asked us. And you know what? Sometimes that can be rewarding in the thought of thank God, although I have to lead my wife and lead my daughters as a, as a head of the home and lead this church, I have to more than anything be willing to be ready to stand before God for myself on the day of judgment and be able to say, God, I've done everything that you asked me to do to the best of my ability. Amen? Are we perfect? No. Does God think we're perfect? No. But how many look at that story and realize Moses was in the flesh? It's not like he was like some crazy hidden, hidden, uh, you know, signal. He just said, speak to the rock. And he could have said, God could have said, Moses, this time don't strike the rock like you struck the rock last time. Speak to the rock instead of striking the rock. He could have done all that. But what was he doing? He was watching to see if he was paying attention. I remember been in a class and the teacher calls on you and you've been thinking about the, the recess, and they ask you for the answer. That's the worst thing in the world. You don't even have a clue what they're talking about. And they say, hey, hey, Blake, what's the answer to that question? And you're in science, and you say 12. Right? You throw out an answer because you don't have a clue what they're talking about. Don't be like that with God. Be paying attention. Amen? And the problem is, as musicians come, the problem is, is we listen sometimes to God. And we're walking with God. And we think, oh, it's Tuesday. God's not going to do nothing supernatural on Tuesday. It's not Sunday. But that Tuesday might be something that changes your life. Because he wakes you up and says, go do this. Or don't do that. Or you get in a situation where God is trying to bring glory to himself through your life. And you say, I am going to bring the water out the rock. I'm going to take control of this situation. How many are guilty tonight, and I'll raise my hand, of when a situation comes along, sometimes prayer is the last thing you do. You're in a bind, you're in a situation, you've got a financial need, you've got to make a decision, and you catch yourself down the road and down the path of decisions going, I haven't even prayed about this yet. I've already taken three steps on my own. I've already made plans because this is what I've done before. Man, I better go back and pray because I need, to count, I need to seek counsel of God on this. We're all guilty of that. Amen? But, but these are big decisions. These are big things. And someone might say, man, he spoke to the, he hit the rock. He, 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 did, he, he brought the people out. The water came out. God must have been in it because the water came out. And all these questions and things, but the bottom line is he didn't get to go into the promised land because he did not listen specifically to what God was saying. What can we learn from this? 
We can look back at our life and say, God, show me some areas in my life where I've missed the mark. This isn't sin. This isn't a sin thing. This is you becoming and being the greatest man or woman of God you can be. This is the the big stuff. This is the reward stuff. This is the effect another person's life stuff. Every day you wake up, your actions are affecting people, good or bad. Every day you walk through work and school, you're throwing seeds out, good or bad. And those seeds are going to come to life. Numbers 23 says that our decisions catch up to us down the road. So we have to be humble in our spirit and say, God, help me, please, not to be, sounds crazy, not to be like Moses. Sometimes we say, Lord, help me be like Moses. And sometimes we say, Lord, help me not to be like Moses. Sometimes we say, Lord, help me be like David. And sometimes we say, Lord, help me not be like David. Lord, help me be like Ruth. And some, no, help me not to be like Ruth. And we look at these stories. And 2nd or 1st Corinthians, I can't remember from the message of the night, says that those are for our example and for our admonition. Amen? Guard your heart all diligence for out of it spring issues of life.